Welcome to Thrive Church Podcast. Join Pastor Kevin Bordeaux as he explores the word giving insightful solutions for day-to-day challenges. We pray this message encourages you throughout your day. You can also visit www.thrivechurch.me. Now on to today's message. To Matthew 22, 34. The Gospel of Matthew 22, 34. I shared this story before. I want to share it again. It's one of the most memorable stories of ministry I've ever had. Is that when I was uh, teaching vacation Bible school one year, I was just hired on staff full time to be like an executive pastor. And my first job as executive pastor was to teach vacation Bible school. Now, how does that bait and switch happen, right? It's like you're going to be managing the church, running the church, but I need you to run vacation Bible school. And so my job was every kid's age group rotated through for two hours straight. So it's like you get a five minute break, the next group of kids come through. Um, that's why if you guys ever want to do ministry, you need to, to uh, want to desire those things first. That, that's where you start in ministry. So anyway, I'm sitting there and kids are rotating through and the first graders came in, kindergarten, first grade. They are an interesting group of little people, right? One of the kids is sitting there and I'm sharing about missionaries and water missionaries and, and, and what are they about and why should we support them and things like that. And this little kid is sitting there and he's rubbing his eyes. And little Parker looks up. He says, what are we doing here? Right as I'm teaching. I tell guys who want to preach, preach to kids and youth. They will humble you. I've had them sleep on the front rows. They'll be doing this number, looking around, texting. I mean, sleep. They'll do anything. And when the kid did that, I had to pause for a second and say, okay, guys, here's why we're in vacation Bible school today. Here's what I'm sharing on. And I had to kind of re, you know, um, uh, share the mission with him. And I clearly stated that. And then I started to sit there. He said, okay, that sounds better. And he said, he's a six-year-old. Well, the same way when we come to church, don't you sometimes just, you know, you're sitting here like, what are we doing here? You know, why give early in the morning and come? Why give? Why pray? Why go to small groups? You kind of get to that place. You're wondering, why are, what are we doing here? Why are we doing what we're doing? And today what I want to do is just share with you simply, what are we doing here? So everybody just take a second, rub your eyes like the little six-year-old and say, what are we doing here? Like a six-year-old. There you go. What are we doing here? We'll go ahead and look at, at um, Matthew twenty two thirty four, 34. And Jesus, talking to the Pharisees, said this. He said, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, that's the two Jewish uh, religious groups. Pharisees believed in the resurrection and supernatural. The Sadducees didn't. They were both Jewish um, leaders, uh, religious people. So when he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together saying this. I mean, they, they got to say, well, we'll get them since the Sadducees couldn't. Then one of them, a lawyer. It's always got to be a lawyer, right? Y'all should have laughed at that. (laughs) Y'all are slow this morning. Asked him a question, testing him, saying, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Now, now, they're trying to trap Jesus here. Because do you understand that the Jews believe that all 613 laws in the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, they believe that all of those laws were equal. Okay, they believe all were equal. So they're trying to trap him. And watch what Jesus says to him. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and great commandment. Look what it says in verse 39. And what's funny is he actually adds a second commandment to this one here. And the second one is like it. You shall love your neighbor 
as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and prophets. All 613 Old Testament Jewish laws that they had to obey. Thank God that you don't need to obey all 613 now as we have Jesus. Um, all those were wrapped up in just two commands here. And this morning I want to share about the vision and mission of our church um, with these two commands that Jesus gave. Let's pray together. Father, this morning we thank you. Again, uh, for a beautiful day to gather. God, I love so much gathering on the Lord's Day, celebrating your resurrection, celebrating that you lived, you died, and you rose again. You reign and you will come back again for us. God, every Sunday, it's a great reminder, 52 weeks a year, of that truth for us as believers, God. Uh, Father, we pray as we look at the mission and vision of this church, that God, it wouldn't be a mission and vision of a, a church that is separated from your vision, but may we, Lord God, reflect your heart and your mission on the earth. And it's in Jesus' good name that we pray. Amen. Amen. I mean, you got to think here. This guy is trying to trap Jesus. It's like playing like Adam and Eve playing hide and go seek with God. That doesn't work very well, does it? Right? I mean, God's going to find you out. In the same way, they're trying to trap Jesus on, on the law there. And the lawyer is an expert in the law. And so Jesus actually uh, quotes Deuteronomy 6.4 back to them, um, which is the Shema. is the whole, it's the royal law in the Old Testament. And then he says this, he says the two major things is love God and love God people. Love God and love people. See, I want you to understand what are we doing here at Thrive? The first thing you've got to know, so whether you serve in the children's ministry or serve in nursery, whether you're parking cars like I was doing today, because some of y'all ain't signed up to park cars yet, and you know you need to be serving but you're not, but that's a different sermon. Amen. Thank you. I hope somebody said that. So whether you're parking cars, Sign-up sheets are right in the back over there. You can see Pastor Keith at the service, and you can help uh, serve him. So whether, whatever you're doing at this church or even at your job, I want you to understand that our heart for you, our mission and vision for you um, at Thrive Church, what God has laid on our heart is this, is simply this. We exist to help people experience God's love through Christ. We're helping people experience God's love through Christ. That's, our, that's what we're doing. So when Bonnie's um, doing the kids and she's, she's um, you know, ministering to kids, she's no, I'm just watching kids today. It's like, no, I'm helping kids experience God's love through Christ. We're parking cars. We want you to, to come and realize that we were ready for you. We were waiting on you. We were praying for you. And we come, want you to know that, that we're excited to be here to serve you because we value you. And we're parking cars out there. We're, we're greeting people. We're hosting. We're passing out things because we want everybody here to experience God's love through Christ. Isn't that simple enough? When you go back, that, go back to get prayer, our prayer counselors are, are ready for you to experience God's love through Christ our worship team. So that's what we're doing here. Media, everything that you do at this church reflects back to one mission statement here um, is to experience God's love through Christ. Now why are we doing that? Because you know after a while if you don't know why you're doing something it gets kind of redundant doesn't it? Right? I remember when I was shoveling rock and sand working at a concrete plant when I was a younger guy not too many years ago and my and I was really upset that every day I had to shovel this rock and sand out and so finally one day I was like I'm just going to let it go and see what happens I was a teenager right or 20 so I was like yeah let's see what happens well my dad was the VP of operations for the whole company so sometimes he would come right by the plant very slowly and check out my work and get out and he would give me pointers so one day he stops he says son you got a lot of rock and sand under that uh, conveyor belt 
say, yes, sir, I do. I'm going to shovel it. He says, you need to get that done. I said, well, why? Why is it important that every day I need to shovel this? I feel like I'm just doing busy work. He says, you have to understand this. If OSHA comes by and they see that rock and sand piled up and it's close to that conveyor belt, not only will it wear our conveyor belt out if it hits it, but they may shut the whole plant down and we would lose thousands of dollars for that day and be, be fined as well. That's a very important job. And when he said that to me, finally it hit. This is important. This is why I'm shoveling rock and sand. I mean, this is why I'm doing all this stuff here. It's so important. And um, yesterday, I was at the NC State game. And man, thank God we pulled out that one against the Georgia Southern team there. But I'm going to tell you what, what happened in the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter, their guys were doing going, when, when, when guys do this in sports, or they do this, you know you got them. I used to love that when I played football, and that big, because I played offensive line, and that big dude in front of me was like, and switched, I said, I got him. And in the fourth quarter, the the Georgia Southern boys, they probably don't have a nutritionist, they're probably eating biscuits and gravy for their nutrition, Um, you know, they are like huffing and puffing, and our guys were like, hey, this is natural, because of our nutrition program. And what Dave Doran said to them after the game, when we won the game, we came back, and, and second half was ours, he said, that's why you did all that running, that's why you've been eating healthy. That's why you've been doing all this. Because sometimes when you're in the middle of it, you forget that, don't you? What am I doing and why am I doing it? Here's why we're helping people experience God's love through Christ. Here's why it's important. America is the third largest mission field in the world now. Did you hear me? Our country, tis of thee, one nation under God, third largest mission field in the world. 70 million estimated have not heard the gospel in the U.S. And we're playing church, and we're concerned about colors of carpet, and colors of chairs, and what type of colors of lights you got on the stage, and what songs you're singing. Guys, it's pitiful of uh, where we're at in, in churches in America. And I work with a lot of churches. Our, our country is the third largest mission field in the world. So on any given Sunday, when you're parking cars, or, or serving in the nursery, or serving in kids, or, or media, or whatever you do here, cafe, whatever you're doing, understand there are people who have never been to a Christian church before. Some have never heard the gospel. Some have never owned their own personal Bible. And we get a chance to serve them as missionaries. You know what I did this morning? I did a missionary trip. And you know how much it cost me? Zero dollars. Because we got to get back focused again that America is our mission field. Now, should we give to overseas mission? The answer is yes. We cannot forget that everything we're doing right here is rubbing our... Why am I in nursery? Because America is the third largest mission field in the world. And it's our responsibility as believers. It's not my responsibility to get people saved. It's, it's not the brand of Thrive Church. It's you guys, each one of you, serving to see people far from God, filled with life in Christ. And that's where the church in America has to get back to. Um, you know, the, the greatest number of people, uh, of, of religious groups in America, the greatest number is called the nuns. Not N-U-N's, hat, color. It's the nuns, N-O-N-E-S's. Meaning that we have an epidemic in America where people now have no religious affiliation at all. When they think of God, they may not believe in God, they do. They think of, well, you know, he's this or that. There's no concept of who the Lord is anymore. I mean, I, I, I want think about this, think about this. How many of you have ever been to a moose lodge before for one of their meetings? 
Does anybody, if you've been, raise your hand high. Okay, one, one, two, okay. Two people out all here. So, so let me share this with you, because that's about the same percentage of what America Church is. When you drive by a moose lodge, you see a nice little brick building with a little sign out front, and it has like events they do, right? You probably know they meet on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. I don't know what they do in there, but you know they meet on Tuesday nights at 7. You see cars out there. Um, you notice that most people that go to a moose lodge drive big trucks, right? <laughs> They're driving trucks. And so, so, so you're looking at this, and you're trying to, and I notice sometimes they do a fish fry. But I'm not really, or steak dinner, or spaghetti, or pork, I don't really know. But you have no clue what happens. You don't know what the dress code is. You don't know when you go in there what they're going to say to you or do to you. You don't have any idea of any of these things. The same way you look at the Moose Lodge is the same way that a majority of Americans in this country look at church. The only idea they have at church is what CNN tells them. When they show that pastor who's fallen, who's messed up, and they think, well, church is messed up, or show a bunch of guys with hate signs out at a funeral, they think the church is about those things. So you've got to realize something. We are missionaries. And, and, and what are we doing here at Thrive? We're helping people, people experience God's love through Christ, and we're doing that because we're the third largest mission field in the world. Now, here's kind of simply what Thrive is broken down to, so, so you know how this mission and vision operates here. It's simple. And if you can remember three statements, you can remember anything. Today a guy had on this little uh, thing, electronic deal on his chest, and it said, love God, love people, pass it on. It was really awesome. He has like one of those signs you see and it's scrolling through. See, our mission and motto at Thrive is this, to love God, love people, and pass it on. When Jesus was asked, what's the greatest of all the commandments? He said, it's simple. Love God with all of your heart. Don't be a halfway Christian. Love people as you would love yourself. And then Jesus told us in Mark 13 to serve, to pass it on. So let's look at that real quick in your notes and we'll get you out of here to uh, enjoy this beautiful hot day. Is The first one in your notes is found in Matthew 22, 37. And the first thing to write down is this, love God, love God. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and all of your mind. And so you got to realize that, as I said before, is that we want you to love God and our worship experiences that we have here. We want you to leave with a greater love for God than when you came in. Knowing that God loves you and knowing God has a great plan for your life. That's what we want to see happen. That's what we pray for weekly. All of our ministry team leaders are. So the first pillar of Thrive is love God is our worship experience. What we do here, from the moment you step in to the moment you leave, we want you to feel like, man, I've learned that God loves me. Because many of us are scared to, uh, to love God because you're not sure how much he loves you. So that's what it's set up about, to love God. I want you to leave with a greater love for Jesus. And, and watch this here. My goal is not to set up a church where you love Thrive Church. My goal is to set up a church where you begin to love Jesus. I just love this church. That's awesome. But it, it, it better be a vessel to help you love the Lord more throughout the week and come to walk uh, with him in a closer relationship. My goal is not get you to love Thrive Church, but to love Jesus. We gear everything up for that idea. See, Ephesians 3.19 says this. Paul said, may you experience the love of Christ though it is too great to understand fully. So he said you, he wants you to experience it, right? You can't understand it fully. 
But you can experience it. You, you're getting it here. I don't really understand it. My mind is, it is limited, but man, you can experience this love. And watch what, what Paul says here in Ephesians 3.19 about this. He says, then, say then. Which means after you experience God's love, you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. As you experience the love of God, I'm talking experience it, not hear about it, not learn about it, but experience God's love, you will be made complete. How many here would say, man, I know there's broken areas of my life in which I wish I was whole. I wish there were areas, and I'm saying that to you, there's areas I wish that I wasn't so broken in. The only way to find a remedy for that is the love of God, experiencing God's love. When we do food ministry, we want people to experience God's love. They're going through a difficult season. They're struggling like we all have before. And so Manny made sure that when he set that ministry up, we're just going to, you know, come in and give food and make them leave. We're going to love on them. We're going to pray for them. We're going to carry food to their car for them. We're going to help them do what? Experience God's love through Christ. And so our goal here, the first pillar of Thrive when you see love God, is that you would experience the love of God. Here's the second point this morning of Thrive's mission. And it's love people. Love people. And Jesus said in Matthew twenty two thirty nine. 39, watch this, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. See, he actually added a human interaction to the component of just loving God. See, we've been taught in church for it's just about me and King Jesus, right? It's just me and King Jesus. Well, if it's just you and King Jesus, then you have, you're not part of the body. Because it's not just about you and King Jesus. You can't get what you need by sitting at home and watching a TV preacher. Because you need me and I need you and you need the person beside you. You need the body of Christ. And Jesus said here, not just so we could vertically love God more, but that we would love people more. There's a human interaction component. And so my heart is this, is that you come to thrive and you're experiencing God's love. Is that you would go forth and begin to have real relationships and value and love people the same way God loves people. See, relationships matter in the body. That's the biggest lie. See, if Satan can isolate you and get you on an island, he can beat your brains out. He can lie to you, he can deceive you, he can put people in your path. But when you get around other believers and you have a relationship with them, and you can text them or call them, then you can find out truth and have Jesus um, you know, reveal to you where the enemy's trying to destroy you at. See, Jesus even said this, relationships matter. He said, they will know you are my disciples. Watch this. By your love for one another. They, who is they? The the 70 million who have not heard the gospel. The other millions who hate church and don't want to be around anymore because they've been hurt. That's the they. They will know you are my disciples. Not by how many scriptures you can quote. Which is good to quote scriptures, right? Not by how many Sunday school pins you have in your vest. Not by how often you attend church. But by our love for one another. See, people should walk in these doors, and, and, I, and I believe we are trying this with all of our heart. Are we perfect? No. But we're trying this, and we're attempting this. People should see a love that we have for each other that is beyond what they've experienced before. 
They should walk in and see that. And he said, then they'll know you're my disciples by the loving relationships that you have in the body of Christ. And so at Thrive, what we do here is we have small groups that we try to intentionally set up for you. We have serving teams. It's fun getting with a group of guys and serve. I'm, 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 I'm talking about parking lot a lot, but, but I, I'm being real. It's fun when you get to serve with people. There's two ways you grow. Small groups and serving together. People who went out and did the backpack giveaways at both campuses, I guarantee it was fun and you left like, man, that was awesome. I'd never serve with that person. Because everybody's normal to you get to know them, right? Right? And, and so that's relationships matter. So at Thrive, small groups are important. Let me just say this to you. I would love to be all of you's accountability partner. I can't do it. Not that I don't want to. You know what I'm saying? I can't. I would love to be your answer for everything that happens in your life, but I, I just can't. Um, I would spend um, many, many hours on phones or texts or Facebook. You know what happened? Um, I would need marriage counseling. <laughs> and see, Jesus knew this same thing too. Now, I want you to watch this. Um, he knew it was important to get his disciples broken into groups to see God's miracles happen. And watch this here. Because you need a small group that you're a part of. You need a group of people, and we have them here at Thrive Church, that you can gather with and connect with. There are amazing people at Thrive that can help disciple you and share life with you. And see, Jesus knew this secret. After hours of preaching, the people got hungry. Ever been there in church before? After hours of preaching, you get hungry, right? Some of y'all have brunch scheduled. You leave here, and you're already thinking about it. You had plans. After hours, 5,000 people, some believe it's it's much more than that, it's just men, women, and children, gathered to hear Jesus and they got hungry. And you know what what Jesus did? He said, we're going to feed them. He says, but number one, you're going to feed them disciples and we're going to break them into small groups of 50. And he took the large crowd of 5,000 and broke them into groups. And the disciples, as they distributed, the miracles began to happen. And people began to multiply. And you got to understand something that many of you are wanting uh, something to happen in your life that's not going to happen if you just come to church on Sundays. Jesus wants to break you into a smaller group and get you around people who can encourage you and strengthen you and speak life to you. And if you don't have that, you're going to be on an island by yourself and find yourself hurting from time to time. Um, what's, a, what's amazing is this. Jesus even knew that he couldn't be everybody's go-to person. You know that? Do you know Jesus on earth didn't have time for everybody? Isn't that amazing? Read the Gospels, people. Not what Oprah Winfrey told you. Jesus goes to the pool of Bethesda and one man gets healed. What happened to the rest of those jokers? Sorry, bud, I got somewhere to go. So what did Jesus do? It's awesome. He multiplied himself through the Holy Spirit. He ascends to heaven after his resurrection, gives us the Holy Spirit, and now God can be with all of us in all these different places all the time. Isn't that beautiful? So I would love to walk with Jesus. No, you wouldn't have because you could have got to him. <laughs> you just looked and saw a big crowd. But you have personal connection with Jesus through the Holy Spirit. Same way in small groups, when you multiply ministry, when you multiply um, that you're able to get relationships. And that's my desire for you. I have a small group that, that, that I meet with as well, pastors, that are on the same peer level. And we just talk, man. We just get together and, and we're going through curriculum together. I've been in the same small group with them for a year and a half. And I value being a part of that group there. Love 
people. Listen, you can't fulfill God's plan for your life apart from relationship with other believers. There's no way that God designed us to have to lean on each other. And here's your third and final point this morning. Let's pass it on. Let's pass it on. Love God. Love people. Pass it on. Don't you guys help me real quick. Over here. This group. You're going to say, when I give you the cue, you're going to say love God. Okay, you got it? This group over here. You're going to say love people. You got it? And this group over here, you're going to say pass it on. All right. You guys got it? Road 3000, you got it back there. C3000. Do you hear me out there, Washington, D.C.? Okay, anyway. Um, okay, over here, you ready? Love God. Okay, I'm saying three, two, one. That was good. Three, two, one. Three, two, one. got it. You guys got it. Yeah. Good job, guys. Good job. That was sharp for the 9 a.m. service. Let me just tell you, that was sharp because most people have been, yeah, that was really good there. Um, but that, that's the mission. The final point is pass it on. And look at Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life for ransom of many. So you got to realize something. It's easy to become self-serving in church. We shop for the church that makes us feel the, the most comfortable, which is good. You should feel comfortable. We shop for the church that, that maybe we like the most, but church is not a spectator sport. Church is a participation. It's a participation where, where you're able to participate. See, I, I'm not a player, I'm a coach. And you should find ways that you're serving other people as a believer. Let me ask you this. Where have you served recently? have you served recently where you didn't get any gratification back from it as far as somebody paying you something or getting something from it? Where have you served where you had to sacrifice? Because what we've created in America, and this is what I've seen, are Christians who are self-serving instead of others and God serving. And friends, let me say this. I would I pray that many of you would get past the place of just attending church. That's awesome. I'm glad you're here. Man, I love it. This is why I do what I do. Every one of you. There should be a place where you say, I want to sacrifice and I want to serve. Why? Because Jesus was our example. The Son of Man, the Son of God, has his disciples come in and he washes the dung and the dirt off their feet in John 13. Beautiful. So let me ask you this. Where are you serving? Where are you sacrificing at in order to see God's plan come to pass? Let me just say this here. Many of us want to be super Christians without super sacrifices. Say, oh, we do. I have people all the time, how can I grow? How can I do this? Dude, sacrifice, be consistent, and serve. You're going to serve your way anywhere that God has you for. But you'll never get there by always wanting to get to the top of the line first and being prominent. It's by serving your way there. It's by sacrificing your way there. If you want to find somebody who made a great impact, they had great sacrifice for the kingdom. They made a sacrifice somewhere. Let me say this. Where are you sacrificing to serve at your local church or in the community? And also the other thing is this, and you're going to really get mad at me, but it's called giving too. 
What saddens me in the body of Christ is we got, there's an epidemic in our country that's mirrored the church. Grandparents are having to bring children and grandchildren in the home. Thank God they had the money to do it. But they set up all this retirement money and families are having to come back in with them. And they're living off grandparents' stuff. See, grandparents made that sacrifice. They put money back, didn't have the brand new car. Come on, grandparents. So I'll say amen. Everybody great here. Please say amen. Yeah. Give a witness here. Um, they, they had to put money back. My dad put money back to sacrifice. And now I'm, I'm benefiting off what he did. But do you understand that many of you sitting here today and you're benefiting off of what older folks are doing? They're the ones that serve and give. When I came to this church, like, yeah, the average age is 60, 65. I said, that's awesome. Because they'll serve and they'll give. But people that are younger ain't giving nothing to church. They think, the light, they think Jesus pays the light bill. Jesus paid it all and they're like, hey, I ain't got to give a dollar. But I'm going to tell you something. You may not like me. And you can go to a church that won't talk about this. But I can tell you where your heart's at by where your checkbook goes. Listen to me. If you spend all your money on gambling, what are you in love with? Help me. If you spend all your money on pornography, where's where's your heart? If you spend all your money... On NC State football games, which I didn't. Where, where's your heart at? That's right. If you spend all your money on cigarettes, it's just there. I, I, I'm just making an observation for you. But many of us kind of like, well, and I'll tell you something. The largest group of givers at our church are people with gray heads. And all of us look at these folks and say, I want to be like them when I get that age. You've got to learn sacrifice. You've got to learn the art of sacrifice. If you're going to see something great happen in your life, and many of you wonder why God's not using you, you're not willing to sacrifice. See, at, at Thrive, we operate by Nehemiah 3 principle. In Nehemiah, when they were rebuilding the wall, everybody, read Nehemiah 3, it's pretty boring. Sheep gate, dung gate, east gate. I mean, all these guys on gates. You're like, come on. All these gates, 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 gates everywhere. They're rebuilding the wall. But what was beautiful about Nehemiah 3, every person had a place on the wall. Even Nehemiah had his own little place on the wall. He wasn't just overseeing the work, but his own things that he had a place on. And let me tell you this. If everybody serves somewhere, sometime, nobody has to serve everywhere all the time. Does that make sense? I mean, uh, you know, it should be where, where Bonnie's in there right now, three out of four weeks. We should be like, hey, Bonnie, I'm here to help you. I'm going to get a place on the wall. And if I jump on board and help you, then you ain't got to serve all the time. Now, Thrive is much better than about 60% of churches in America. We have a 40% serving rate around that area. That's awesome. Most churches are 15 to 20. We've doubled that. But let me encourage you guys. Everybody should have a small place on the wall. And if everybody finds a small place to serve, guess what? Nobody has to serve everywhere. And if there's a trouble at one part, they'd blow the trumpet and guys would stop their work and they'd run over to help somebody else. And that's the type of environment you want to have when you're passing it on. And finally today, I want you to realize this with pass it on. It's not just about what happens in this church, but our mission is to reach this community. That's why we do what we do. God, God has laid on our hearts a unique way to reach this community. So, you know, we give out back to school, uh, school ba- bags for bashes. We do an honor, serve, give in November where we give cupcakes and fresh baked goods to all the police and sheriff and fire stations. We cook breakfast for teachers at schools. We feed people at our food ministry two times a month. We believe that what happens outside of this church is just as important as what happens inside of this church. Amen? 
And so part of Thrive is not just getting together in this building and having a good worship service, but part of Thrive is making sure we get out in the community and we pass it on. That's why we give you these bracelets too, man. We tell you the most dangerous weapon you'll have is an invite card and a bracelet. Invite card and a bracelet. Um, I have to give one about every time I come in here because I'm always giving them out to folks. And I'll ask the waitress, hey, where do you go to church at? Well, I don't really go anywhere. She says, well, I go to so-and-so. Now I say, you go more than just Easter and Christmas, right? Well, not really. Oh, dude, come visit Thrive. Here, matter of fact, take this, check it out, and get back with us. Come see us. Come visit us. Pass it on in the community when you go out. Guys, I want you to realize here, I'm closing with this. We are here to help people experience God's love through Christ. Why are we doing that? America is the third largest mission field in the world. Isn't that amazing? That's why it's so important that we celebrate the water baptisms we see. People professing Jesus Christ as Savior. Because our country needs it. It needs it desperately. And so I want to invite you today to join the mission of God here at Thrive. Um, the ne- over the next month, you're going to have these cards called Step In, Step Up, Step Out. Three things you're going to do starting next week. I'm going to give you these cards. Uh, some of you need to step in. You're not serving anywhere. You don't. I mean, I mean, your time, energy, and effort go, go out to the world. God, you kind of just give God what's left over. And you know it's time. It's fall, man. It's time to get back in church, get things in gear. Um, it's time to step in to serve. Some of you are serving, but you know it's time to step up. You know you got a lot more potential in you than, what's rather than, than what you're actualizing, right? And then for some people here, they're stepping out to help with the other campus. And we, we have some rock stars here that I love that have stepped out and that I've encouraged. And they're, they're going to the Richmond City campus. They live closer there. They're serving there. They do business there. And so over the month of September, I want you to pray. And here's what you're going to pray. God, do I need to step in, step up, or step out? Because let me say this. For some of you, if you don't want to serve and give at the church you're at, please find a place you can serve and give. I believe God will be honored with that. If you're like, I ain't getting my money to this church, find somewhere you will. I ain't serving this church. Find somewhere that you will. And maybe you're visiting today and, and you don't do that at your home church. When you go back, say, Pastor, I'm ready to step in. I'm ready to step up. And then some people will step out as we launch this new campus. Can you guys do that for me? Can you pray that over this month and ask God what he would have you do and what he would say to you? Does that sound good? Let's pray together. Father, this morning, we thank you for a beautiful, beautiful time.